Hey there, and welcome to The Post, a Redemption Church podcast. I'm your host for today, Amy Steed. We've got a great show for you today. We'll be touching on, actually, I don't know what we're going to be touching on. JP will have to fill us in on this. Party podcast. Oh, it's a party Party. podcast. And today we are joined by a lot of people. Yes, it's uh, somebody's first time on the podcast. I know. Ooh, I wonder who it is. For the party podcast. Ooh, okay, so go ahead. Introduce yourself, Andrew. Hi, my name is Andrew Furtaw. I am uh, the new intern here at Redemption. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. Yeah, happy to have him. Go ahead, Danny. It's your turn. Hey, Redemption. Danny here. That was great. Hey, everybody. It's Charles Kirby. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't forget JP Gaylord is also joining us because he's here every time. This is his jam. I am. Yep. (laughs) All right. So you have to do this next part because I don't know what it is. Yeah. Great segue. Thanks. Um, (laughs) We're going to, as we usually do, we're going to start out by playing a game. And uh, nobody has been prepped on the subject, which is going to make this... This makes me very nervous. Even better. I think way back in, if I remember correctly, it was episode nine of the podcast. We played a game uh, called How Do You Survive? Or something along those lines. So I have three survival scenarios that I'm going to throw out there. And each of you has to come up with what do you need to do to be able to survive this scenario? Mm. Listen, I just came back from out west, so I've got this. I've got this. I don't know that that's going to help. Oh. I used to be a Boy Scout, so. Oh, he wins wow. automatically. I also don't know if that's going to help. <laughs> you guys ready for the first one? Okay. These are derived from very probable real life circumstances. How do you escape from a giant octopus? Mm. Who wants to handle this first? What steps do you take to escape from a giant octopus? Don't go in the ocean. Amen. Just put no, it out no, there. No, you're already there. <laughs> yeah. I think the scenario already assumes that well, either that or the octopus got out of the ocean and is now chasing you, in which case avoid. you are, I wouldn't you are want a world of hurt. to be put into that situation. So that's, that's my answer. Too late. You went to the beach, the tide rose, and now you are face-to-face with a giant octopus. Can I try to befriend it? You can. That's <laughs> we, such a 1999 or no, a 2000 uh, answer. Jen, How, Jen. Out of curiosity, what's your approach going to be? I mean, shake all of its hands. <laughs> right. All, um, but it doesn't have hands. It has tentacles. Basically the same thing. Potentially. Agree to disagree. <laughs> How, all right, Charles. Yes, go ahead. I have lots of questions. So like, how I fast just, are octopus? They're, they? Well, it depends on if they're already around you, then they're insanely fast because they're ambush predators. So you won't even see them coming. Charles, you know so much random information. I just watched Finding Dory, and you could tell oh. that it camouflages oh, yeah. itself and attacks from okay. it. But it is an ambush predator. But I would say uh, a giant octopus, they are lethal. I mean, they're huge. Mm-hmm. So I would say you would probably have to go for the eyeballs on either side of its head. Just try to smack it in the eyeball. It usually works with most predators. All right. Gouge this eyes. Super fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. 
you guys want to hear the answer? Or Danny, do you want to take a shot at yeah, this? Yeah, do you guys, have you ever seen the, the show Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes, I have. Yeah, nope. so like season two's finale where Avatar Aang kind of goes into that state where his eyes are glowing and everything's like exploding around him. Um, I, I think I would try to like emulate that. <laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, yeah. I just it's think your, your gorgeous red hair would just no, distract it so much. Mm. You're like Ariel. Mm. I changed my answer. I think. <laughs> Wait, thank you, Amy. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> That came out. Whoa. Yeah, wow. I'm just well saying, done. like you in just, the water, yeah. his hair would just be yep. so flowy. Anyway. I'm sorry. On another note, <laughs> uh, we'd like to take this moment to announce this will be Amy's last time on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, Danny. <laughs> All right. Do we do we need the real answers? Or yes. Okay, yes. yes let's please. bring it back. Bring it back. All right. Goodness. Uh, here are the suggestions from the Complete Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook. Uh, I'm just going to say, having glanced through this, I don't believe these authors have ever actually been in this situation. Knew it. So I can't vouch for the accuracy of any of this. Number one, pull away quickly. Okay. That, that Thanks. Helpful. Thanks okay. for that. Number two, do not go limp. Mm. Octopi are naturally curious, and if strong enough, will check to see if you are a food item before letting you go. Um, so don't go limp. Number three, prevent the octopus's arms from wrapping around your arms. Good luck. That one does seem like pretty, pretty basic common sense. That would be difficult. I guess that does take out the shaking its hands part. So probably yeah. not that one. Well, I think you can still shake hands. You just can't hug. <laughs> sigh of disappointment from Andrew. That was great. Uh, number four, peel the suckers from your body. Makes sense. Seems like kind of maybe a natural reaction. Uh, let's see. Five is detach the octopus from its anchor. Apparently, they anchor themselves to something else before they attack you and eat you. Six. This one's good. Turn somersaults in the water. Amen. Yeah. None of you oh. mentioned that. So no. you're all dead. That you have all been eaten by a giant octopus. And I'd probably... Sorry. Uh, if you have detached the octopus from its mooring but are still being held, you turn your body in circles in the water to irritate it into releasing you. Mm. That is what the book says. I would said. just tell it bad jokes. <laughs> that would irritate it pretty strong. <laughs> those, I can vouch for the efficacy of those jokes. Uh, and number seven is swim towards the surface. So there you have it. Some real life advice. Uh, let's move on to number two. Uh, here's the scenario. I'm going to throw it out there. There is a dog slowly walking towards you. We'll make this fun. In a dark alley late at night, nobody else is around. Amen. There is a dog walking towards you, accompanied by a skunk and a raccoon. Why not? Because they can also be rabid. Mm. How do you know if the dog, the skunk, and the raccoon are rabid or if they're just trying to come shake your hand? As Andrew, I'm sure, would... Would like shaking, you shaking animals' hands shaking seems hands. to be. You're mm. like a a dog um, expert, aren't you? As far as I can tell, but also never have really encountered rabid animals before. I do think they foam at the mouth as much as I know. So that's I guess it's in a dark alley, so I might not be able to see it. Well, there are a few street lights. You can catch the glean off maybe some foamy saliva. There yeah. you go. 
All right. Anything else? I would say that they keep coming towards you. They don't stop. So even if you try to scare it, usually dogs will stop and pause. I don't think rabid ones do. They just keep coming because they're nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't they typically growl as yeah. well? Yeah. Skunks usually more than dogs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if a skunk was coming would at me, would you do the impression of the growling skunk that mm -mm, you did mm -mm, earlier? Mm -mm. No. Nope, Amy has no, a great impression of a growling that skunk. That is untrue. They are all telling lies that, right now. Mm, wow. Well, prove us wrong, Amy. Nope. There's no growling coming from this microphone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Amy's just worried about another meme coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that could be accurate because I know that you probably would make one. I definitely would. Yes. <laughs> it's a pastime of mine. Danny, anything? I don't know. I I just probably would try to keep my distance given that I'm in a dark alley and there's three random animals that are coming my way. Mm -hmm. So See again, this is a very unnecessary scenario because A, I'm not out late at night. Yeah. I am a mom and I'm tired mm. and 10 o'clock is my bedtime. Mm. Amen. So there wouldn't be any late night strolls down an alley way. If your kids were lost and you didn't know where they were, <laughs> you would go and nope. search for them like the like leave the 99 behind right. and go for the one. Wow. She'd wait Whether till morning, or not, man. it was a dark alley. Have you ever even heard Reckless Love before? Amy? <laughs> no, I guess it's not. It's a big song. I like, guess not. Back There's in the no day. alley he won't walk down. Mm -hmm. See, that's one of the lyrics. Yeah. Skunk, he won't. <laughs> Try to anyway. see if it's Beat down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Oh, goodness. We should do a reinterpretation Seriously. of uh, worship lyrics. This is modern. So yep. did you already read the what you would do or you were going to no, give No, how your... do you know if it is? Yeah. Uh, it says, here are the instructions. Watch out for raccoons, skunks, and bats. So I'm guessing you're already in a world of hurt because there's a raccoon and a skunk in this it literally motley says that? crew. Yeah. yeah so rabid one. animals hang out with... Raccoons and... I guess. They keep bad company. Time out. This, I'm so the, confused. The scenario is I'm in a dark alley and there's a dog and the first thing is watch out for raccoons, raccoons. skunks, and bats. Listen, I'm just trying to adapt <laughs> so this confused. and make them into scenarios. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. It's, it's, the title is How to Spot a Rabid Animal. Okay, go ahead. Dogs go ahead. can get go rabies. Ahead. Go ahead. And then I saw the first one, and I said, let's just throw a raccoon and skunk in there as well. That's fair. That's cool. I did not know that skunks could be rabid, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, if the animal is foaming or appears to have a locked jaw, stay away. Nice. There we go. Oh, apparently, didn't know this, there are two different types of rabies, furious rabies and dumb rabies. What? Uh, so animals with the with uh, furious rabies are hostile and may snap or bite. They have an increase in saliva, making their mouths to appear as to be foaming. Uh, so these are the ones that are like aggressive and kind of crazy. Animals with the latter, also known as dumb rabies, are timid and shy and have paralysis of the lower jaw and muscles. Aww. Yeah. Hmm. That's sad. Hmm. Thanks, JP. I'm shy. Maybe I have rabies. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I disagree. You are not shy, A. And B, no. Um, there's something, I think, with rabies about being hydrophobic, which is afraid of water. I don't know how long that takes to kick in, but if you see these three walking towards you in a dark alley, maybe throw a water balloon and see what happens. Amen. Because so. I'm always carrying water balloons in my back pocket. Do you not? <laughs> 
Amy, I think for kids ministry and Danny for uh, also student ministry, if yeah. kids are shy, you need to just ask them if they have rabies and yeah. see what or answers like, you Or get. throw water balloons at them. I love that. Oh, look at that. Yep. We're on it. We'll that take kid right definitely had rabies. That's what you should do at the door is just hit everybody with a water balloon. No, just spray them. Yeah. There you oh, go. Oh, okay. He's yeah. fine. <laughs> oh, he re- reacted poorly to that, I'm sure. <laughs> anyway. All right. The rest of them are what to do if you get bitten by an animal um, that potentially has rabies, but I don't know. I don't know. Seek treatment as soon as possible. That's our medical advice. That's the, as far as we will go. Uh, If you have been bitten by an animal suspected to have rabies, please call 911 immediately. Uh, There we go. That, that is a disclaimer disclaimer. that we haven't even officially written down yet. So, all right. Do we have time for one more? Sure. Can we do one more? Uh, one more crazy one. Uh, here it is. How to survive a tsunami? Mm. All right. Uh. Too soon. There. Jeez. <laughs> a uh, huge earthquake in Lake Michigan, and you're at Grand Haven, and now a tsunami is coming. The tsunami a, a warning system in Grand Haven kicks off. What do you do? How do you survive this? Get a surfboard. <laughs> you ride the whip. That's one option. It's simple. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. <laughs> Amy doesn't watch, like that advice. I don't. I just don't like that. I watched, what's that one movie? Mm-hmm. Sharknado. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I don't think that was the one. <laughs> Is that no. the one you're thinking of? No, I think it's actually Sharknado 2. No, the one with uh, Owen Wilson? No. no. Hold it? on. He's got, that's one. Guys, no, what's her face? If I can interrupt hair. for just a second, uh, Naomi Watts. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Christian one. The previously cited movies are not endorsed by Redemption Church or its leadership. They have not been checked for inappropriate content no, or offensive language and should be engaged with at the consumer's own risk. It is Naomi Watts, though. Yes, and I think it's Owen Wilson is the other guy. Is it? Is yeah. he in that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was a family that got separated by the tsunami, yeah, it's and they had to find each other. That's why I said it was too soon. And it was awful. It's not, it, was, it, it was bad. I don't have any advice. I just don't ever want it to happen. Amy's going to sit down on the beach and cry. It's <laughs> I would say you have to get to high ground, but not like a building high ground. I know. So then what would you... Like a tree? Uh, trees, trees usually get swept away, too. Yeah, they can, but they're... Since the tsunami doesn't crash, it just the water levels keep rising as the water comes in. So it's like a perpetual movement of water in. So it's not like a yeah. it's not like a tidal wave. That's different than a tsunami because a w- tidal wave is going to crash and go in. But the tsunami is slow over time. Maybe going. I'd get in an airplane. You're just making my surfboard idea sound even more viable. <laughs> what, but I'm no, it's not no. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you climb. Get to high ground and make sure that it's a solid structure. The book actually acknowledges that natural disasters such as tsunamis are a punishment from God for sin and that your best bet is to get on your knees, <laughs> repent, and pray for salvation. <laughs> I, I, Good. What's that get in the belly of a whale? That would, that would work. <laughs> this is true. Similar situation. Yeah, throw, yep. <laughs> yep. Throw Big waves happening in Jonah. <laughs> Uh, just kidding. That is not what the book says. Uh, the book says if you are near the <coughs> the ocean, be aware of the warning signs of an approaching tsunami, which is Water a rise out, rise or fall in sea level, shaking ground, and a low sustained roar. Which wow. 
could also be the symptom of having missed lunch. Uh, two, if you are on a boat in a smaller harbor and you have a sufficient warning of an approaching tsunami, move it quickly. Okay. I'm assuming they mean the boat. Uh, take your boat far into the open water, away from shore. Great. If you're on land, seek higher ground immediately. Tsunamis can actually run faster than a person can, uh, move faster than a person can run. And number four, if you are in a high-rise hotel or apartment building on the coastline, don't have enough time to get to higher ground or away from the shore, move up to a high floor of the building. Very counterintuitive, I know, but I think it's sound advice. All right. Hey, good talk. Yeah, well, in episode nine, I think it was, we learned how to defend ourselves against bears. Uh, I wasn't there for that. Depends on See, the bear. Boy Scouts would have actually helped me with that one, right. so I'm kind of disappointed I wasn't here for that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm very you sorry. You just need bear spray. Yeah. Uh, Steve had actually given some pretty practical advice that it sounds like you didn't take to heart when you went out to out west. I don't listen to anything Steve tells me, so... Oh, my gosh. We're getting the passive aggressiveness. He probably heard that, but I'm just kidding. Well, Steve had talked about a bear throwing star you could create that would you fashion out of sticks. What? Oh my gosh, you totally I recommended you listen you did to this tell episode. Me to listen to this and I didn't because if mm. this was before I was leaving for my trip, I didn't want to hear anything about bears. Yeah, fair I didn't enough. want to see one. Dubbers. <laughs> 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 well, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, if you have any feedback from that how to survive game we just played, please feel free to write us and let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move into a segment called What's God Been Teaching You Lately? And we're just going to kind of go around the horn and ask God, ask people what the Lord has been teaching them in their own personal lives. So who wants to kick us off? I will. Go for it. Mine's not very long, but being that I am a mother of three children and we just started school... We've been doing a lot of just talking, all three of them. Well, sorry, Harrison and Josie are starting in two different schools. He's in middle school now, and Josie's in the intermediate school. So we have been talking about trust a lot. They were nervous, all new things, and I was like, you know that um, you need to put your trust in the Lord when it comes to uncertain things. Like Josie was very nervous that she wasn't going to have any of her friends in her class. So it was just a good topic of discussion. And just there's been a lot that's been going on, you know, with Josie. She, I think you guys know that. She has alopecia. And um, we've just been really working through that and trusting that the Lord's got this. And it's a hard, um, hard thing to do because you don't know it's an uncertain road and we don't know what the outcome is. So I feel like that has been our motto in the past few months, especially. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I would share for me, I shared a little bit with the the staff here, Uh, but really one of the, I guess there's two main things. One of them is, just evaluating things that stand in the way of uh, following the Lord Jesus. Um, I've been reading a book that I would recommend called Follow Me by David Platt. Just the simplicity of what Jesus has called us into as disciples is, 
I think we just take for granted what it is to be a believer. And I have for years, um, still the Lord is breaking my thoughts of what it means to follow him on a regular basis. The one that I'm seeing currently is I mentioned on Sunday that I've been reading missionary biographies. And one thing that strikes me is all of them came to the part of losing things that they, that you and I would have seen as non-negotiables, things that we couldn't live without. Uh, whether it was like a nice um, home or being close to family or all of these priorities that we set up as this is what my life must entail. It must have this. And they gave that up uh, to follow and obey the Lord Jesus. And it just reminds me strongly of the words of Jesus where he says, if anyone was to follow me, they must take up their cross daily and follow me. And I'm just thinking through and just praying through what the Lord would have me to see differently uh, in my life as that I value as non-negotiable, that perhaps he's saying, no, uh, even that you can leave behind for the sake of me. And I think it's just showing me again, the value of the one who called me is greater than the value of the things that I am uh, desiring in my life now, because he's called me to something greater uh, in the future and even now to experience him now. Um, the other one I... I know I was thinking it before, but I lost my thought. I have a podcast mind, so I apologize. If I think of it, I'll say it again. It's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. Uh, Danny has actually turned me on to a podcast uh, called The Bible Project, Project and uh, there are a bunch of things in there that you can say. Uh, these guys are so fluent in, like... <laughs> really crazy aspects of the Bible, like the literary structure of the book of numbers. Um, that never ceases to blow my mind. But uh, as they've been talking through the book of numbers, uh, they've been kind of building up the progression in there as all of Israel rebels. Uh, and when God tries to send them into the promised land, they say, nope, we're not going to go. Uh, they're scared of giants. <laughs> And then there's another rebellion a little while after that of the priests, or no, the, the Levites saying, well, what makes the, the priests so special? Why can't we be priests too? Uh, and then I think God ends up swallowing all of them into the earth or something. It's pretty crazy. Um, and they, they point out that, you know, you go from the entire congregation, the all the Israelites, to now a specific rebellion of the Levites, uh, to the final one that I listened to this morning was, um, it was Aaron uh, and Moses, no, it was Moses himself, uh, and Aaron, uh, rebelling against... <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, rebelling against the word of the Lord when God asked them to bring a speak to the rock to bring water out of it, they, Moses goes ahead and hits the rock. Uh, and they broke that down. I think the thing I, I pulled away from that uh, was that the book of Numbers is trying to present like the entire nation can't follow God perfectly. Even the Levites who are set aside for the work of taking care of the tabernacle, can't follow God well. And even the leaders, like if anybody was going to do well, it should have been Moses who has this really unique relationship with God, has seen God essentially face to face. He asked God, show me your glory and got that fulfilled to, to some level. Even Moses, who has been in the presence of God, is not able to 
obey the Lord. Uh, and a good portion of listening to this podcast for me this morning was just feeling like, oh man, if, if Moses can't do it, who can? Uh, and it just, it, it was kind of a hopeless feeling in some sense. Uh, I guess it made me feel less isolated as a failure in my own spiritual life because, <laughs> you know, I, I see my own failures and wonder like, oh, man, have I totally messed things up? You know, the Israelites don't get to go into the promised land because of, you know, their rebellion. The sons of Korah get swallowed up in the earth. But, hey, even Moses gets banished from the promised land because of his rebellion. And uh, they never really answered, you know, kind of some of those questions, but brought it back to the whole point of this book, which is cool in the Old Testament where you think, oh, it's just a bunch of stories about, you know, these people uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, the entire Old Testament is still trying to point the direction towards the Messiah and say, look, even Moses, you know, uh, one of the most ideal human beings in terms of what he had and his relationship with the Lord isn't able to follow what God asks. We need somebody else to do it. And so they just took some time to, to point out our need for Jesus, which is good because Jesus does for us what we can't do for ourselves, uh, which is be that, that gap and that mediator. Yeah, so, that's awesome. yeah. Danny, Andrew. Yeah. Um, so I kind of shared this morning um, with our staff too, um, but I've been kind of enjoying the summer uh, with Malachi, my son, and we live in Spring Lake, um, kind of just around the corner from Spring Lake itself. And so we're about like, I don't know, three or four minute walk down to Spring Lake, which if you've ever seen that area, um, it's, it's really peaceful. It's really beautiful. There's some public benches that we can sit on. And so, um, before my mom comes and gets him most days, um, I've got like a half an hour window with him where I just hold him and we go see, uh, the boats and just kind of hang out. And I've been taking this time to, to pray, but even more, um, kind of a, a time to, to be close with the Lord, be intimate with the Lord. And what he's been pressing into me is just, and it really started with me kind of seeing um, just how sporadic and noisy my mind is. Um, just sitting there with my son in the quiet in the morning with my cup of coffee. Like, I think that's going to be a really peaceful time. And so often I go to oh man, what am I doing next? What am I going to wear today? Uh, what's going on with our finances? What's going on with the house? What's going on with my marriage? What's going on with ministry? What are we going to teach these kids? And just the, my inability um, to really be still um, has really just been resonating with me more and more. And so what I've been doing recently is just simply um, sitting there with Kai and as those things that stress me out come, doing my best to open my hands and just say, Lord, you are in control of this um, and you're in control of it, whether I am stressed about it or anxious about it or not. Um, and so I want to experience the peace of really walking with you and trusting you um, where it counts. And that's in my finances and with my marriage, in my ministry and in all of life. And so um, it's really not like a story that kind of has a nice um, you know, uh, easy or, um, 
kind of the perfect ending, but I will say the Lord is teaching me to trust him in a really practical way. Um, I don't know what will happen when the fall season comes around and we can't sit by the lake anymore. I guess we'll probably have to find another time to do that. But uh, it's been really, really um, just good and healing for my soul recently. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Andrew? Yeah, so I actually was driving here this morning um, and was actually listening to a podcast about healing um, and started to kind of just feel really convicted about a lot of things going on in my life. Um, Recently got married and as married people, I'm sure know there is a lot of yourself that gets revealed within marriage um, and a lot of your own kind of crappiness when it comes down to it. So I've been kind of just wrestling through those things and just recognizing that there's little things that I do that are not the best um, words that are said and just the way that you hold yourself and your realest self. Actually, Danny says it really well that your realest self comes out when you're at home because you've let all of your guards down. Um, So I've been kind of battling with that and it's been these little moments actually of me going, oh, well, there's that thing and then having a conversation about it and then just handling it myself, strong arming it and being like, oh, well, I'm just going to take care of that. And then it's fine. But I actually haven't really been experiencing that kind of heart change in it. So there hasn't been a full willingness to actually turn those things over and start doing something new with them. Um, So I was listening to... A podcast about healing this morning and was just really met with, they were talking about um, the restrictions that come in either internally or externally in your healing process. And it was a lady that was talking about how she had gone to therapy, like counseling for four years and was like, when am I actually going to experience change? And was asking her counselor that. And then four years later, she was like, oh, that question was really stupid actually. And that just kind of hit me in my heart because it Uh, There's so many things that I brought from my past that are so ingrained into me having a rough past that now I just kind of have those in my personal life. So listening to that podcast this morning was talking about those internal restrictions that stop us from being able to fully heal. And I was kind of realizing those in myself. And then they talk about actually leaning into those restrictions and instead of just trying to get rid of them or try to push them aside and work past it. They're actually talking about in those restrictions of strongholds that you've built up or ways that you self-preserve in a relationship instead of pushing those aside, digging deep into them and actually recognizing like where God can have a place in that. So I've been wrestling with that this morning actually. And it was really encouraging to, just come through and I ended up like sitting in my car for a minute before I walked in today and just was kind of praying about it of like, all right, cool. There's that revelation within that. And then there's a, there's a way to step through that and actually change what's going on in my heart. That's awesome. And just to encourage you, uh, yeah, the first year of marriage is difficult with that, but, uh, usually about a year in all that stuff gets worked out and you don't have any more issues. So (laughs) lies, lies, disclaimer, (laughs) disclaimer. That's a lie. I mean, at least for those of us who are serious about following. Wow. Wow. That's also a lie. Still a lie. 
No, but honestly, even within that, it's it's honestly such a wonderful process to be able to even kind of take that and have the vantage point of it, of actually realizing that going through those changes is actually changing you to be more Christ-like. And being able to experience those hard things may be hard at first, but being able to persevere and actually walk through that season actually becomes and makes you more like Christ and makes you able to not only serve those closest with you, but also just in general, your community at large. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, and I think you're spot on with, you know, the work of transformation is, is difficult because you have to actually look at it. I wonder how many opportunities I've had to make this personal I've had for transformation, yeah. but that I've totally missed just because I've been unwilling to admit that there's a need for transformation uh, or unwilling to go through the difficulty of, of analysis, analysis, analyzing it. There it is, analyzing it or uh, sitting in it. So, well, awesome. That's about all the time we have for today. And... Thank you for joining us here on The Post. If you haven't already, we'd encourage you to click follow, subscribe, or like on your podcasting app to make sure you get notified when we release an episode. And I'm going to let Amy Lee read this last paragraph here. I need my since readers on. Since she's making mean faces at me. Wait, isn't this... Oh, okay, here we go. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear those. Just connect with us via email at info at redemptionmi.org or you can send us a message on social media at RedemptionMI on Facebook or RedemptionChurchMI on Instagram. Am I supposed to say that that's in all capitals? Church is all capitals. No, that's just so I remember what syllable to emphasize. <laughs> I cannot talk today. Emphasize. So that's a good thing that I read that. It is a good thing that you read that. Well, there we go. Hopefully... You all have a good rest of your week, and thanks for listening. How do you say goodbye in Byron Center? Oh. Ouch! You guys are mean! Yeah, I haven't said anything. Yeah, but... <laughs> all right. <laughs> and podcast over. And... <laughs>